welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about everything that happened in Legacy of the Force Book 6 Inferno, and everything that's probably, maybe, possibly, likely to happen in Legacy of the Force Book 7. Based on the book cover. Fury. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week is the review episode. We finished book six. I'll ask you like I ask you every time. How does it feel? To to get another another book in there? Another book done. Big this is as much as this book was less uh it was quick, like as far as the the episodes went. Yeah, because five episodes. Everything was really like quick and action packed and stuff like that. It's only twenty chapter long book. A lot of stuff happened to a couple of different main characters that through things a little bit well yeah i mean even though it was only 20 chapters and they only went a few different places a lot happened yeah and not just to the characters a lot happened in the galaxy at large and that is where we will start this week all right the confederation is moving soon to kuat en route to a full-scale assault against coruscant that has the GA badly outmatched unless they win the support of the final Hapen fleet, the Hapen home fleet. Meanwhile, the GAG has taken control of the Jedi Temple at Ossus, Jedi Academy at Ossus, under orders from Interim Joint Chief of State Colonel Jason Solo. After suffering heavy losses and a defeat against the Confederation at Balmora, the GA moves to Kuat for their stand against the Confederation's path to Coruscant. What should have been an easy victory for the GA at Kuat becomes a long, protracted stalemate thanks to the traitorous desertion of the Jedi Order. In a desperate bid to break the stalemate, Jason Solo takes the Anakin Solo and the 5th Fleet to Kashyyyk and sets it ablaze. The Confederation, Hapens, Wookiees, and Jedi battle against Jason and his wildfires, eventually driving him off but ultimately failing to save the planet. The parties at large refuse to join forces with the Confederation, but they all agree on one thing. Jason Solo must be stopped. He's the bad guy. They all they all finally see that. Everybody. Look, you can't argue with it anymore. No. He set an entire planet on fire. Everything else has wiggle room for, you know... Like he does explain things away to himself. Yeah. You know? Rationalize your oh, decisions and your choices. But you set an entire planet on fire. It just because... That's so Empire. They weren't coming to join your group. Not even because they were actively fighting against you. Yeah. They just hadn't come to help you yet. <laughs> yep. And the word was they weren't going to. Yeah. Well, there was no official, like, diplomat set out saying, sorry, Jason, we can't help you. It's just what he heard through his people. Uh, the sources say. Yeah. And then they lied to him about having the prisoners that he had, that they did have. Yeah. Han and Leia and Luke. And he knew they were lying. Mm-hmm. So that was really the tipping point. But essentially what happens in this book across the galaxy is... Three major battles between the Confederation and GA. A win for the for the GA at the beginning. A stalemate. And then a win for the Confederation at the end. At Kashyyyk. 
So everything with, balances out. With massive, massive loss. Oh, yeah, tons. You know, like, that's a bad beating. You lost a whole planet. Where are all the Wookiees going to go? How many are even going to be left alive? Yeah. You know what I mean? All The people who are maybe already scrambled to ships, but, like, yikes. Well, it was concentrating its fire on the half of the planet that it could see. Yeah, but the plan was that they would be a self-perpetuating fire to spread across the whole thing, right? Yeah. So, But what you're saying is, like, half the planet would have a heads up to get the fuck out of there. Yeah. But, yeah, half of it got instantly incinerated Yeah, within, you know, a few minutes. Yeah, it would only take a few shots. So now the the Wookiees are refugees in the yeah. galaxy at large. They have no homeworld. It's been destroyed. They are Alderaan. Yeah. They are, I don't know. Mon, I was gonna, didn't Mon Calamari get kind of destroyed by the Yuuzhan Vong back in the day? Yeah, and I was going to go different sci-fi. Star Trek, the new Star Trek movies, um, Vulcan got blown up. And right. so there's just a handful of them left in the Star yeah. Trek universe. It's just... A thing that happens to planets sometimes in science fiction, they get completely depopulated. Yeah. So, I don't know. But that was general overview of the events of the book. How it pertains to the world in a greater scope beyond just the people involved. But now let's dig into the characters. Yes. Starting with Alema. Alema Rar. All the single dark ladies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably going to be her last appearance on the character review because she's all by herself now. Like she did. She had some big shit going on in this book. Yeah. Like she was really only in 10 or 15 pages. Yeah. She was only in a couple scenes. It wasn't, there wasn't a lot. So I don't know. I don't really remember going forward, but I'm guessing this is probably going to be the last time she shows up in our main character review because that was mostly for Lumaya. <laughs> Yeah, I think Tahiri's going to start playing a bigger role now that... We'll see, but I don't even think I'll throw her in here. But this might be Alema's last appearance, and she, in the character review, she makes it a good one. Because she does a lot in this book, then way more than she ever does. And she's done a gigantic thing by the end of it. The first thing she does, she downloads a bunch of information on ship from the Academy at Ossus. Yep. Smart. Thinking. Let's learn yeah. about this ancient, magnificent weapon. She's not dumb. Alema's not never been dumb. She's just crazy. Well, just hell. in comparison to Jason being like, oh, I don't want it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Smart. Let's find out about it. Huh? Good. What else does she do? She heads to Lumaya's asteroid hideout and finds a message with secret coordinates. As you do in the home of a Sith. She follows the, those coordinates... To Korriban, where she finds an entire collection of Sith hiding in the valley of the mountains. 30 or so Sith. Yeah. Hiding out from the galaxy, and they call themselves the One Sith. A secret society of Sith that the Jedi don't even know about. The bad guys don't even know about. No, because they're just hanging out over there. Alema has discovered them. They call themselves the One Sith. They say they're not involved with Kaidus. They have their own plans and their own leader, a mystery leader. Yeah. Who was taken captive by the Yuuzhan Vong also at some point. But Alema manages to gain from them, in quotes here, something for Jason Solo before heading off to save him at Kashyyyk. 
by having ship, you know, as he does, control an enemy fleet. Yeah. Through the force. Yeah, basically just fills them with indecision and this technological slash organic ship. Yeah. And it's amazing. And it's ancient. And it's capable of all kinds of things we don't even know about. This being one of those big reveals. And she has a pretty dope trip in this book, man. She planet hops a little bit. She discovers secret societies, uncovers information on ancient Sith artifact craft. Like yeah. lore building. She's she's digging up secrets everywhere she goes. It's pretty sweet. She doesn't feed the the balance very much in this episode. No. In this book. But, you know, she's kinda she's distracted right now. She's not on the balance track. She's on the uh save dummy Jason from himself right now track <laughs> because he's blowing it. Yeah. Without Lumaya. She finds a secret society of Sith. Not two. Not one. Like they always have been finding. One yeah. or two at a time. For decades. And that's been a fucking big problem. One or two. <laughs> one or two, yeah. Right. Here's, a, they said approximately 30 in that cavern. When yeah. she was talking to them. Hey, that's a lot more Sith than anybody thought there yeah. were in the galaxy. About 30 times more, in fact, <laughs> give or take. And most of the Jedi don't even believe that Jason's a Sith yet. And I don't mean believe. They don't. They're not aware of it. Well, yeah, and they didn't. They just think he's walking to the dark side. And slowly. they thought, for the most part, they thought Lumaya was, was dead up until recently. So they thought there was no Sith. Exactly. Turns out. There's a fucking lot of them hiding yeah. out in a cave. Uh, has been for a while. On the original homeworld of the Sith. Why would you ever check there? <laughs> Nonetheless, she had an amazing little journey through this book, man. She didn't really, like, develop her character very much. That happened in the last book. Yeah. Where they, you know, re- she had more response from her coming from her past through, uh, like, to the narrative. This time, she just mostly was, like, in the background... Hooking us up with secrets. Yes, yeah, story building stuff for Telling Malema. us things. Nobody's like, her information didn't interact with anybody else in the book until no. the very end. Right? When she comes to save Jason. But the whole time she's telling us secrets. It's a good way to it's use a secondary character um, if you want to keep them in the book so the readers like us aren't going, where were they? This. It's a good way to use a secondary character and f- help feed the, the historian yeah, at large. Yeah, like the bigger the whole the broader the, yeah the bigger story and she's so interesting and weird that yeah. like when she sh- when she shows up on Corban and she's like eh, talking to them uh, whatever fucking dudes at the spaceport rolling bones and stuff mm-hmm. she's interesting she's weird she goes and then and then they're like oh you're gonna go meet the Sith and then she walks into a room with 30 eyes pairs of eyes looking at her and in my head I'm just like Oh my God, she is so crazy. What is going to happen right now? You know what I mean? Whereas like you send Luke Skywalker in there or somebody with like a way more defined uh, characteristic of behavior. Yeah. She's way more uh, unpredictable. She's wild than, character. Than most of the other characters. You exactly. never know. So you send her into the cave with 30 Sith and it's like, oh, that's yeah. interesting. <laughs> I will say though, I thought it was kind of stupid the way that she... Air quotes again, outsmarted them. Yeah. And was like, oh, but if you kill me, Luke Skywalker will come here and find you because he's looking for me. 
I guess it kind of makes sense. They wouldn't know that she is going to claim to have killed Mara Jade, right? Yeah. But I mean, like, all right. But maybe in her head somewhere. That one somewhere, just seemed kind of loose. Maybe in her head, it well, it is loose. It's a lemma. Maybe in her yeah, head she thinks she was responsible. Well, she was. Remember, she went through that whole fucking string of logic to get herself to yeah. the point of believing it so that she could tell it in a truthful, like, genuine way. But uh, I'm talking about their logic and response. Um, yeah. <laughs> She's crazy. Great. For them, I don't know. They don't know. They're, you know, they're recluse hiding. Yeah, they're not really connected to the galaxy, really. So, let's wrap up Alemarar. What was your favorite moment? I actually liked and when she she went and got that, uh, she got that holocron from, from right. them. Darth Vectivus' and, and she's she's just pissed. It's all in how to how to manage and how to like use yeah. your employees and she just throws it. She, what do you mean this guy was the CEO of a mining company? Yeah. That ain't no Sith shit. Yeah, this is this is a Sith. This is like how a does that leader. serve the balance. Yeah. She's so upset she just throws it across the ship. Yeah, that was pretty great. My favorite part is the one Sith. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know that's a cheap, easy <laughs> take. But that is a gigantic reveal for this universe. Yeah. All through history, all through known history, for the last however many thousands of years, it's been, you only have to look out for two bad guys at a time. Now there's a whole fucking wasp nest in your crawl space and you don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Well, I say that because I heard buzzing inside one of my walls today in my bedroom. Oh. Oh, yep. So, not happy about that, <laughs> but it went away. So I was like, maybe a bird got it outside or something. Like maybe that it was a wasp or a bee or whatever the fuck it was that came up through the crawl space into the wall. Like that would have was where it would come from, right? Like yeah. old electrical holes or whatever, whatever. But I was just like, okay. Mm, As I'm <laughs> sitting in my bedroom all day, going off and on writing this review, I can hear like this buzzing sound, and I'm like, that's weird. It sounds like kids outside or something. Yeah. And then. You know, eventually you get to the point of paranoia because, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I had a wasp in my pants. <laughs> About a year ago when I put my pants on, I had a wasp in them and stung the fuck out of my leg. So there's a buzzing sound in the bedroom and I'm feeling paranoid. So I stick my ear against the wall and then nothing and nothing and nothing. And then sure as shit. It, like, must have banged right into the wall next to my fucking ear. And, went, <laughs> and I was like, I hate everything right now. Yeah. So then I didn't hear it for, like, hours and hours and hours for the rest of the day. And I said to myself, okay, I'm going to put this out in the universe, okay? Because I am the Matrix cuckoo kachoo. I'm going to tell the universe. Remember I told you there was a bird that tried to get in my bath vent? My yeah. bathroom vent? I said, send that bird back. Have him catch that hornet on the way out. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. He was like, must have been trying to build, right? Yeah. Because it was like, he'd, you'd hear it for a minute, and then it'd be gone for 20 minutes, and then you'd hear it again. I'm like, that motherfucker better get got out there by Animal Kingdom, because he ain't moving in my house. <laughs> I don't want to have to call an exterminator and fucking tear open the wall. The point being, you got 30 Sith hiding in the fucking wall of your bedroom, and you're just Luke Skywalker going to sleep every night. Yeah. Having dreams 20 hours at a time until the last book. 
Yeah. But that's my favorite part of a La Mirar. I got back around to it. You did. You did. <laughs> All right. Our next character spotlight falls on Han and Leia Solo. Ah. The Solo Parents. Talking Jawbone Edition. Last book was the Absentee Edition because yeah. they were fucking not in the book. This one they're in quite a bit. And wouldn't you know, things are not great for these two. No. They're still wanted criminals. And they head to Mara Jade's funeral at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Where? The GAG. The police of Coruscant try to arrest the wanted criminals. Yes. Now, this is like a very obvious analogy to sanctuary in a church. Mm -hmm. Right. I ran into the church. I asked the priest for sanctuary. You can't arrest me in here. Yeah, I can. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're still in his eyes, right? A traitorous terrorist. Yeah. Yes, I can. Yeah, you still fall under my purview, like and just because you're and in a I building. I know that you're going to be there. Like this is perfect for me. I'll get you. Fine. Bad times yeah. for the solo parents. It's just it was like the first time it ever happened, so everybody was well, you know, because they're wanted criminals. Yeah. They even they think to themselves like not even Jason would come after them here in the sacred Jedi temple. Buckle the fuck up, mom and dad, because here he comes. <laughs> Not him specifically. Yeah. To get them. But the GAG shows up, try to arrest them. They escape the temple. What do you know? And they bolt for Kashyyyk, hoping to convince the elder Wookiees who are debating during this time whether or not they're going to support the GA and join the fight against the Confederation and tip the balance in the GA's favor because apparently they're outnumbered at the beginning of this book and Coruscant's in danger, even though that was not a thing at the beginning of the last book. Here we are. Yep. Don't join the GA, please, Wookiees. They're like, you can't do it because Jason is a bad boy. They go to the elders to argue their point. They don't get to. They are promptly arrested after they start a fight with some GA agents and punch some Wookiees. Yeah. They they karate kick that Ewok. Arrested. No, not yet. Not yet? I thought that was that part. No, this is when they're outside the gates before they even get in there. So they get arrested, they go to jail for a week, and then somebody lets them sneak out at lunchtime. Lobaka. Okay. And when they sneak out at lunchtime, Leia fights an Ewok, and Luke arrives to make the argument for them instead. (laughs) Totally steals her thunder. Yeah. Uh, What's the argument? Jason bad. And the redundancy of Luke's message is punctuated even further... By Jason lighting the planet on fire. Again, proving the point, Jason is a bad boy. Yeah. They run, Han and Leia, run from Kashyyyk to Hapes to tell Tunnel Ka, Jason is a bad boy. <laughs> and at this point, with all this bad boyness, Han and Leia, well, Leia, comes to the realization that My son would never do this. Jason Solo is dead. And her heart breaks into a million pieces. And my heart breaks into a million pieces. And it's awful. 
It's like, a, it's all of a sudden in the middle of that part, it's like this emotional fucking ticking time bomb that's been waiting to go off where you're in denial, giving him the benefit of the doubt or hope of redemption. Yeah. And then he lights a planet on fire. It's like that, give him all the chances and finally he does something that you just can't deny it anymore. And I'm going to get to that at the end when we get to Jason because we'll get there. But like, yeah. it is... It's it's over. It's Jason Solo is dead. And in the end, they take their acceptance a step further by the end of the book. Jason Solo must die. Mm-hmm. He is a threat to the entire galaxy, both sides of the war now. Jason Solo, animal-loving, plant-loving, life-loving... Force loving, everything loving child of all of his life up until a month ago. Yeah, where <laughs> six he suddenly, months ago. Where he suddenly flipped. Sometime. <clears throat> all of that time, he was a completely different person. And now, truly, Jason Solo would never do that. No. No way. He basically he attacked a living planet. Chewbacca was one of his. You know, most beloved like his uncle. beings in his life growing up. Lobaka was one of his closest friends at the Academy growing up. He lights Kashyyyk on fire. And this is what really breaks your heart. My heart. I don't okay. mean to speak for you or the listeners. But Han and Leia, all their children's lives, neglected raising their children so that they could save the galaxy for their children. And now their child is destroying all of the peace that they've built for the last 50 years of their lives because he was neglected because you were saving the world for him. Yeah. It's, it's, it's own like impenetrable conundrum cycle, like of destiny almost, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where like all, everything that they've been doing since they're 20 years old and under is well fight the empire but then the, the idea became make the galaxy a better place for everybody and especially once you have kids it is i'm gonna save the galaxy for my children because so they have a better place to live a better whatever right yeah. hope for the future growth through the future it's your kid ruining the future yeah ruining the future that you made for him that you've been building <clears throat> all your life and I don't mean building. I mean fighting to the death for all your life. Yeah. And now you're traitors. And your son is burning a planet to the ground. What was your favorite part of Han and Leia Solo? Wow. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fucking heavy. We're, we're right? gonna we're gonna go heavy and then ask me favorite part. <laughs> Which is actually a funny part, Ooh. Uh, and not because it not because of not Leia and Han. It's when Leia is fighting with Tarfang, mm-hmm. and he she kicks him across the room, and yeah. he gets up and he just like kind of looks at her and then spits out some teeth and then yeah. comes goes back at her. Let me, uh, I picked the same moment. Okay, and so let me flesh it out a little bit more. Yeah, Leia rocket launch kicked. <laughs> Tarfang 
the Ewok yeah. over and across a crowd of thousands of Wookiees. Yeah. Like a football field that she she put that Ewok right through the uprights. Yeah. That was an extra point all day. I mean, extra points like 30 yards. I'm talking, she kicked this motherfucker across the planet yeah. to the non-fire side. <laughs> she she kicked the shit yeah, I out loved of an it. Ewok, dude. It was one of my favorite parts. Now, on to another happy, happy, joy, joy character. Oh, there's the lots of The spotlight falls on Luke Skywalker. Grandmaster forgiver for now. His life's been so full of joy right from step one of this well, book. So, well, Luke is having a tough time at the beginning of this book at his wife, Mara Jade's funeral. Yeah. He's ha- not, he hasn't come out of, you know, out of the mist yet. He's, no. He's been in like foggy, daisy, cloudy grief. Yeah. He's been sticking himself in like this like numb kind of shell trying to just kind of hide from everything else just you know dealing coping yeah i guess best you can yeah we're at the funeral luke extends another olive garden branch stick all the way across the deep dark divide to his gone astray nephew jason solo another chance another hope another one here you for go forgiveness for redemption for reconciliation yes that's a good word and taking that prompt he gets this idea from mara's glowing and dissipating body as jason arrives at the funeral kind of got his wires crossed there kind of yeah taking the wrong message out of the thing he thinks she wants us to heal this rift between us so he offers the olive branch to Jason. Mm-hmm. And then the next time we see him, he's showing up at the Battle of Balmora to save Jason. They they invite him all into that battle meld. He forced ghosts himself into Jason's room. You know, and then Gavin Darklater pulls off the order that wasn't given and does some magic move. And then poof, Luke's not there. Yeah. But Gavin heard him, so something happened. Anyways, wouldn't you know it, right? The next time we see him, after he's extended the olive branch to Jason, he's saving his life. Saving his fleet, saving this battle. Yeah. The Jedi show up just in time to save Jason and the fourth fleet at Balmora. But ultimately, Luke is disappointed when Jason chooses the victory of taking out capital ships over the smaller, much smaller victory of saving all the lives on the planet. Yeah. Luke's very disappointed by that. Next time we see him is at Kuat, where the Jedi are rankling pretty hard at the thought of helping Jason, but Luke reminds them, all the masters, we're not fighting for Jason. We're serving the Alliance. We're going to do our sneaky bomb run here at Kuat, blow these tits off back and forth, battle over. Until, you know. Luke Skywalker gets wind of the fact that Jason sent him after Kalamas and Kalamas is dead. Sent Ben. Sent Ben. Yeah. I knew I didn't say his name there. Luke finds out. Uh, I'm here. Back yeah, exactly. That's why I'm here. 
He finds that out. And now he's mad. He's so mad that he goes up to Jason's, I don't know, what is his cabin? Yeah, his, his, like, viewing room, whatever. Yeah, and even though the Masters had all talked it out and reached the decision that we're fighting for the Alliance, he gets this new information. He's mad. He goes upstairs for a confrontation with Jason where Luke completely dominates him in the Force, embarrasses him. Yep. He crushes his chair and leaves him on the floor. And then after he leaves... Jason still can't pick his chair up. That's like, that is, okay. You're a wizard, Harry. Yeah, I think you used that already. You're Gandalf. And you go fight Saruman. And he just fucking pimps your bitch ass all (laughs) over that tower and beats the shit out of you. Yeah. You know, he just dominates you in a way that you cannot resist and cannot fight back against. That's what Luke does to Jason in this scene. Yeah. And it's when, you know, well, Jason doesn't like it. No. And so after that little confrontation, you know, because Jason sent Luke's son to go kill the former prime minister. Yeah, that's not cool. Like because of that, Luke pulls the Jedi out of the Kuat mission. Jason gives them the order to launch. They do and go right past the battle. <laughs> they, they look like they're going and just keep driving. And they're gone. Gone, going, going, gone. And they go right to Kashyyyk where he can steal Leia's thunder, tell all the Wookiees not to help Jason, and then take Leia's daughter out to kill her son for burning the fuzzy friends on the planet. Hey. <laughs> hey, why not? Hey, I'm really <laughs> mad at... Jason, because he sent my son on a mission to do a bad thing. I'm just going to go take your daughter to kill your son, though. I hope that's cool. Yeah. He doesn't want to. Jaina forces herself into the situation. Yeah. Nonetheless, that's what happens. Yeah. Takes her along on a flight. They're going to take a run at the Anakin Solo. Where, when they get there, they are surprised by Jason. Poof. There he is. Bop, 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 bop. Shoots his sister. Isn't that great? Well, Jaina's surprised. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I don't know if Luke is. They battle Jason at the Anakin, and Jaina kills Luke Skywalker for a minute. (laughs) For a minute. For a minute. Temporary death. Until Luke arrives at Jason's horror show torture porn basement in the bowels of the Anakin Solo. He, He arrives down there to find Ben in the embrace of pain, being tortured with Jason standing by. Overseeing the whole thing. And he attacks. He gives him no chance to surrender, no chance to explain himself. He attacks Jason Solo for the first time. He comes down and he sees Ben being tortured. And Luke Skywalker attacks his nephew with a lightsaber. And, just like Lumaya, no chance to surrender. No conversation about what's happening. It's very obvious at this point, right? You catch him in the act. It's different than the Lumaya thing. Yeah. You catch him torturing your son and like cackling about it, right? Yeah. And that's that's cool. We'll take it. That's fine. We'll attack him then. So he does. And he brings Jason a breath away from death, but it has to back off at the last moment. Of course, 
to save Ben from falling to the dark side. He's so full of anger and hatred and he wants so badly to kill Jason that Luke knows if this happens now, his son will be lost to the darkness forever. Yeah. So they don't kill him. They don't kill the most dangerous man in the galaxy right now. The dark side force user who is in charge of the government. They don't kill him. They walk away to save Ben from the darkness. Eternal darkness, assumedly. Yeah. Couldn't you just redeem him, Luke? Don't you redeem them all? Probably best to not even cross the line, I guess. Right? With your own kid. So they walk away. They walk away. (laughs) Yeah, you've had a hard time with that. It does make sense. It's fine. It's fine in character. It's fine in context. But you got to fucking kill that motherfucker. It's terrible tactically. Yes. That's what pisses me off. Yeah. Logically, it sucks. It's just terrible. So they don't do it. They don't kill him. They walk away vowing to do the deed the right way another day. Our judgment is clouded by our anger and pain. We must only kill in calmness. It's the Jedi way. Yeah. Only kill when necessary. If I'm mad, it's not fair. It's not a good kill. Illegal. So, from reconciliation to goddamn near murderation in the span of a couple weeks. From the funeral Mm -hmm. to the basement of the Anakin Solo. Yeah, it's only been a few weeks. It's, you know, extend a hand, give him a chance at the first battle. Then he hurts you and betrays you with Mm -hmm. the Ben thing. And then you abandon him and then you actively work against him now. And then you straight up. He flew from Kashyyyk directly to Jason Solo. Yeah. And turned his lightsaber on. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he got into the Anakin and went right to him. Well, actually, that's not true. First, he disabled all the long-range turbo laser batteries that were lighting up the planet on fire. But he went right after him. Luke woke up after Mara's death and is trying to take control of the mess that is the galaxy. It's a fucking disaster out there. Because you've been doing nothing for five books. Yeah, for whatever six months or however long it's been it's just been no i'm gonna say six months we'll just have to check we'll have to just check out like the date of like the opening skirmish and then check out the date of like the last battle of the war or whatever yeah to get a good timeline and we can do that at the end of the series and be like yeah this whole series took i kind of like not fucking understand the timeline of it on the way through because like i don't want to cheat i feel like that's like looking up cheat codes yeah so anyways Luke Skywalker has changed temperature throughout this book. Yeah. From, not to be punny, lukewarm friendliness and and hope of redemption and reconciliation because his wife turned into fireflies when Jason showed up. Mm Mm-hmm. To moments away from murder. (laughs) Yeah. And then... Moments! And then back to cool Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, Fuck it bothers me like man. about to stab him in his face to all right no we gotta go but finally he's after jason yeah so let's see luke outside of redemption mode now in the next three books let's see him attacking a problem desperately and yeah. viciously like he just did with jason you know what i mean yeah 
even if he's not doing the actual like no yeah like yeah. being the being a grandmaster of the Jedi and actually doing something he doesn't well, you have so many people you can delegate to exactly power to although they lost a lot of Jedi at the Battle of Kashyyyk they lost an entire wing of stealth axe fighters almost yeah that did the run at the fifth fleet yeah, instead they, of at the Anakin they right? lost like six in the first barrage yeah they lost a lot of Jedi in this battle but he's doing things he's not contemplating action anymore yeah he's not weighing all the evidence to decide if something's happening or not <laughs> he's already had the boots delivered to his front door he's already had the handshake and then the head cut off and then the wife funeral like it's done the guessing it, game is over it had to get pretty bad for him to finally turn on and turn his lightsaber on jason solo yeah like that is your nephew that is your your sister's kid. Yes, it is. So I get it. On that light-hearted comment, what's your favorite Luke Skywalker moment from this book? My favorite Luke moment. Um. Well, I think when he was when he went crazy and started <laughs> and, and like. Like the full on attack, full on kill mode. Yeah, elbow to the temples and kicking knees out, and and biting and and tried to gouge his eye out. Yeah, he got his knee busted up and he didn't stop and just, just the because it's the complete opposite of what everything Luke is. Even in even in the movies, stoic and calm. Yeah, even in the movies and all of that, it's a complete. He's never a maniac. Yeah, there's a there's a few moments in the movies where he's like, he gets like, oh, like wound up but like yeah yeah you never get to see him go psycho killer mode the, the only even when he's battling darth vader he cuts his hand off and then stops well i was gonna say he's trying to save him yeah he's not trying to save jason at all in this moment when he starts his fight yeah and no. when he's fighting him the only time he decides to save him is at the end when he sees what's happening to ben the whole time he's fighting him it's for fucking real yeah and jason <laughs> Just like is the fight between losing. leia and tahiri that i forgot to mention but oh yeah nonetheless jason oh that was a good one loses this fight and that's a fucking good fight that is a good fight i wrote the fight versus jason is amazing but the crushing the chair is has to be the winner that 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 was a close second while he's sitting on it and leaves him sitting on the floor like a toddler yeah is what jason thinks yeah well, he's on Dude, the floor, likes out in front of how him. How powerless is a toddler against a grown-up? Yeah. You know how far... You could kick a fucking toddler as far as you can <laughs> kick an Ewok. I guarantee fucking tee it. Force or not. Yeah. So for him to like have that perspective of what's happening to him be like uh, like so dominated yeah. is fucking powerful moment. And then he leaves and he launches the ships... And he still can't pick his chair up. Yeah. Because the dude is still holding it down in the force. (laughs) What? Yeah. That was like the first glimpse in this book of him going fucking crazy. Yeah. And just like, I will choke the life out of you, you little bitch. I think when that first happened, I think we talked about it on the episode for probably a good 10 minutes or something. It was my favorite thing. It's so good. That is my close second. That's powerful. That's like, they're right neck and neck there, those two parts. Yeah. 
But our next character spotlight falls on Jaina Solo. The angriest hostage. <laughs> Jaina and her lust toads are searching for a lemma on Asus. When Jaina and Jag are taken prisoner hostage with the rest of the Academy by GAG. Zek is forced to hide out in the forest because he wasn't with them going into the Academy. Jaina actually surrendered. Mm -hmm. She was in the room with the dude with the major serp of bad guy taking over the thing at Jason's orders with her weapons in her hand. But there's younglings at stake and other places in the Academy. Yeah. So Jaina surrenders. Her weapons, herself, she surrenders to the GAG, which is her brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? As much as she is not a surrenderer already, that's got to be even worse. Yeah. That's got to be even harder and like a kick in the tits. So, look at that growth, huh? We get to see her for like 10 or 12 pages every book, maybe, if yeah. we're lucky. She's got grown so the, much. Got about the same amount. Ben of this said book. it four books ago. Look how calm she is now. Oh my god, she yep. would have bit Zach's head off for saying that forever ago. Ah, uh, forty more pages later, and she's deeper, deeper, deeper. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. So she has this great growth, and she surrenders, and then she proceeds to sit out the next ten chapters. Classic Jaina. Yep. She's in chapter four, and then we pick up again in chapter fourteen, where Ben sends her a dream. Warning everyone to look out, wake up, yeah. be prepared. Something's happening. This warning allows her to get up in the night and snap several necks on the way to saving the Academy from the GAG. All the masters are dead. All the knights that were there are dead. Lots of students are dead. Oh, and Zek gets the glory kill to save the day. And the cheesy line. Yeah, terrible fucking line. <laughs> Jaina does all that stuff. And then homeboy man comes running out of the woods and cuts the dude up. Leia does all the work to get to the Council of Elders of Wookiees. <laughs> and homeboy man job Luke just rolls in and tells him once. Jaina should have got that kill. That should have been Jaina's kill. Yeah. Narratively. As growth and a chance for exploration of her, that should have been her kill. The whole fucking scene is her spy moving through the academy, snapping heads off of bodies. Yeah. With her fucking bare hands. Yep. And then Zek comes running out of the woods and ends it. You know what I mean? Like, that is like, built-in level of misogyny that probably isn't even realized when you're writing it. But yeah. here he comes to save the fucking day. You know what I mean? When yeah. she's standing there in front of the guy, perfectly capable of just finger-snapping his throat shut. Yeah. I don't know. Not really light side move, but... You know what I mean? She broke fucking four necks or something. Yeah. Shot people, throwing them off but buildings. But here comes Zach to save the day. Also, apparently they were teaching the kids some secret code and... How to fight in case there was ever a time to revolt against the kidnappers and hostage takers, right? Didn't see that. That wasn't in the book. That was off screen. Again, a chance yeah, that been to cool. have Jaina doing a thing, interacting with people, instead of being a hothead and blowing up the problem worse, being super calm and 
making other people calm and training people and preparing and preparing people. right no that doesn't happen on screen what yeah this is the end of the sixth book and every time i've been justified in complaining about not fucking doing anything with jaina book one when she ran the fucking gamut at Relideer when she was pilot 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 all over the shit yep cool now she doesn't even she does shit off screen now. <laughs> like that's a that that's a that's a three page scene that you could have. Yeah, and it's not like they're. It's three pages. It's not like you're cutting say in a movie you're like it's like a half hour and no it's three I mean, three four pages. Should be pretty fucking simple, but all right. Yeah. Nonetheless, Gina doesn't get a whole lot of pages and. Maybe that's because sometimes she kills Luke Skywalker when she does get pages. As she does to wrap this book up here. Well, her part of the book. Yeah. While trying to kill her brother, she kills her uncle. Lots of complicated family relationships. <laughs> but she does get to show off some badassery. Snapping necks, jumping roofs, lightsaber fight, all yeah. that stuff. The piloting. Although, you know, you can't touch her brother. But she has... Little to no success given to her for her badassery. Like, she makes her way through the entire... Not through the entire academy. Whatever. Through their fucking bunkhouse. Yeah. Onto the roof. Across another roof. Killing... She killed like four, three or four sniper teams. Yep. With her bare hands. And then she doesn't get the reward of redemption at the end of it. Because the redemption is... You kill the guy who killed all the things you love. Right? Zek gets it. We don't fucking care about Zek. No. I don't care about Zek at all. I don't even know what color his hair is. <laughs> no. I don't. No, we... I don't fucking care about him. So... I like Jag better. That kind of shit sucks, you know? Like, that sucks. I did like, though, you know, they had a little bit of twin battle for a moment. Yep. Like, we're not seeing Jason and Jaina interacting enough at all. At all. All their lives, their twin brothers and sister who live, brother and sister who live in a dorm together, battle across the galaxy together. Now they don't talk. Yeah. Like from the very beginning of this. I don't remember anything happening at the end of the Dark Nest trilogy where they were estranged. No, not that I know of. I don't remember. Maybe there was. But. <clears throat> We're not getting anything between the two of them at all. And there should be. He, for him, she is one of the most important people in his life. Yeah. And, from birth, literally. And she, she's not even in the fucking books, man. She's not. So far? Barely. No. And we keep saying, we hope she's in the next one. Yeah, and then Zek just does everything. Cool. Mm. Fucking whatever color have motherfucking guy. I think it's black. But... I don't know. Jag sort of rescues her by waking her up and getting her out of the fucking dorm. Zek gets the kill on the major, but hey, at least all the boyfriend talk was kept to a minimum by Jaina herself. Yeah. Saying she was sick of it at the yeah, beginning she, of the she, book. She said, shut up. And I said, so were we. And then didn't really come up again because they got taken hostage and split up. Yep. So I guess next book we'll just argue about who saved Jaina more. I don't know. <laughs> on to the next character. And in the spotlight is Ben Skywalker. Sad since Gavon, tortured since Kuat. 
Another character who had a tough book. Yeah. All right, I'm not going to lie. Ben had a fucked up book. Yeah, he did. First, he asks Jason straight up, did you kill my mom? It's bold. It's a bold question for the chief of state. Yeah. Did you kill my mom? Jason, of course, says no. And sets him on the trail to go kill Omas. Eventually, Ben fully realizes Omas is innocent. Had nothing to do with killing his mom. And he wants to fake his death. He, Ben wants Omas to fake his death so he can be like, Ah, I got him, Jason, and I'm going to go back and I'm going to get close to Jason and then I'll kill his ass. Cal Omas, having worked with Jason quite yeah. a bit in the government, realizes yeah, that, that won't work. it's not enough. Yeah. Throws himself on he his lightsaber. Can't fool Jason oh, Solo. Oh, jeez. So he throws himself on Ben's lightsaber. Yeah. No, knowing you can't fool him with a lie. It's got to be real. And we're at chapter two now of the book. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Funeral. And this allows Ben to get back to Jason's side. It works. It does work. It does work. He wins Jason's trust then by betraying his father. And finally, Ben attacks Jason aboard the Anakin at Kashyyyk. He takes a swing at him. A bomb goes off. He misses. Jason force lightnings him. Next thing you know, Ben is asking Jason to just kill me, please. End it. Kill me. Jason says, we've only just begun. And the next time we see Ben, he's filled with hatred and an almost calm rage. Yeah. For the entire book. Hate. Rage. All book long. The calm, focused rage of a spy like his mom. You know? Yeah. An assassin like his mom. Not the out of control, um, crazy, like you see, like, like, like Luke or Jaina would get. Right. So the next time we see him, he has found himself strapped into the embrace of pain. Agony incarnate, a Yuzhan Vong torture tool. They has another exchange with Jason. I know you killed my mom, you son of a bitch. Stop lying. My dad's alive. You're fucking dumb. And then soon enough, Luke saves the day. Right? Yep. He's saved by his dad from Jason and the dark side momentarily. After Ben puts a knife in Jason's back. Yeah. <laughs> saved. <laughs> yeah. Ben is just cold-blooded assassin the whole book. Yeah. Except for the parts where he's not. Like when he feels pretty heartbroken about betraying his dad like the part where the introspective stuff he doesn't kill omas without asking any questions but i think that's more based in his suspicion of jason you know right more than his mercy switch right now right yeah he, he didn't get enough information he's yeah. it's kind of like he's upset more that he doesn't know the truth yeah but he thinks he does yeah and he's he's positive yeah in his own perspective his own head in his perspective he's positive that jason killed his mom ben you're right everybody else is wrong <laughs> yeah what do you know nobody's gonna listen to a 14 year old though just like jason taught him cold-blooded killer until he's saved by his dad the ultimate savior Mm-hmm. it's a dark <clears throat> line that he walks all book and me likey oh i love it <laughs> yeah 
It's good. Because, <laughs> you know, Ben starts off as, like, in the in the early beginning of the nine-book series as kind of fucking sheltered and clueless and yeah. dinky and... Naive little kid just naive starting... Naive is the word I was Yeah, just at. starting to use the force again On because he was afraid mission. of it. Yeah. Yeah. And now he is sneak into the house of the former president who's currently under house arrest i can sneak in there and kill him yeah Yeah, i can stop i can tell i can betray my family to get at the actual bad guy yeah yeah delayed gratification is hard for children yes it's very hard so what was your favorite for me moment from ben skywalker that part actually where he says um actually my mom and or Uncle Han and Leia, they're down there. Um, and that's when Jason opens fire on the planet. Yeah, when he give, when he gives when, up all the when he gives up that all that information. And oh, by the way, Dad's down there too. Yeah, yeah. And then Jason checks with the kid with the yeah. rookies, and they lie. That and... that whole exchange, like that whole exchange when Ben's on the ship, mm-hmm. it takes place over a, a couple chapters, I think, right. different parts. But that whole exchange where he's like, "I know you did it." But and I'm gonna try. I'm gonna sit here while Jason's thinking. I'm gonna see if he really thinks it's me. See, I didn't even pick one part because all of those conversations were my favorite. Every time they were face to face talking to each other, even on the fucking hollow gram, yeah, I had to pick one. <laughs> I know. Spoiler alert. Yeah, you can break the rules. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. But every time that they were talking to to each other, it was such an obvious like cat and mouse game of. I know something you don't know, but do you know that I know something you don't know? Yeah, the back and, and forth between them is great. Or do you know what you don't know? You know, and or, or every, what you think I think every, you don't know. Yeah, or whatever. Every scene between them was like really tense and yeah. felt really dangerous because Ben Skywalker is very dangerous now. He really is. He really is. He's a different fourteen-year-old than the guy that was traipsing across the winter forest planet looking for. I don't know, somewhere to save a little girl, you know? Yeah. Doing bad things out of necessity, out of, uh, like, just survival, rather than, okay, I'm doing this. Yeah, he he totally planned this whole thing ahead. Yeah. We're going to fake Omas' death. Okay, that didn't happen that way, but I'm going to use his death to get close to Jason. I'll betray whoever I have to to wait for the perfect moment to fucking cut his head off from behind. Yeah. From behind, he attacked him. Yeah. Not the Jedi way. Which assassin w- way. would have worked if that bomb hadn't gone off. Yeah. Yeah. L- luckily. As it was, he got a, he cut a big well, chunk out of him or something. Luckily enough for our next character, Jason Solo. Sith Lord Darth Kytus. Yes. Now, we touched on this earlier, and it's time to tackle this. Mm-hmm. This entire book is filled with Jason's mistakes. He has no dark side guide, as Alema tells us. He's fucking blowing it from the very beginning of this book. Yeah, right away. And the entire book is Jason making mistakes. Allow me to list them. Oh, please. He takes Tahiri back to Anakin to dig his own claws in a little bit deeper on her. Yep. Mistake for the future. 
He convinces Tenelkaw to give him the Hapen home fleet, the difference in the war, her only protection, on the basis that he is going to reconcile with Luke Skywalker and the Jedi. Never intended to keep that promise. Big fucking mistake. He tries to arrest his parents again. Big mistake. At at the Jedi at Temple. the funeral. He gets roasted by Saba in front of everybody. <laughs> in front of everybody. Everybody. That's a big political mistake. Yeah. That was amazing too. He gets so I don't know what he was thinking, but he's so wound up that he occupies the Jedi Academy with the GAG. Fucking huge mistake. Yeah. He almost loses the Battle of Balmora until he's saved by the Jedi. Again, that's a major problem. Yeah. Because now you're beholden to them on some level. He sends Ben after Omos. He's deserted by the Jedi Order for that. He threatens the younglings to Luke when Luke crushes his chair. Mm -hmm. He lights Kashyyyk on fire. He's almost killed by Lobaka. He's almost killed by Ben. He tortures Ben. He's almost killed by Luke. He orders his fleet to their deaths repeatedly. And he doesn't surrender to Tenelka. That was his last chance at redemption. Is that really everything? That's what he did in this book, right? That was the list of every single thing he... Not every single thing. Every major thing he did in this book. Every one of them was a misstep. Lumaya would tell him it was a misstep. Yeah. Alema sees it. Big, big mistakes. Yeah. Huge mistakes. You're betraying your only fucking ally, Tenelka. Yeah. You are further distancing yourself from the Jedi Order, whose help you obviously need, because they saved your ass at the first battle that you almost lost. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? This whole book is a comedy of errors for Jason. It's a not. It's this is a a list of the tipping point where everything went wrong. Yeah. Where he stops doing things that are a excusable, b within the law. You know. Yeah. And c fucking reasonable. Lit the whole planet on fire out of spite. Yeah. Not because it was the most advantageous tactical move. Yeah. He's he's not thinking. Well, he says he is, right? He says, well, he gives what's his name? Commander Twizzle his logical explanation for why he wants the planet set on fire, which is like, everybody's going to come here and then we'll win the battle at Kuat, which makes uh, Coruscant safe and. At the same time, we'll take out the Wookiee fleet that was going to turn against us. Whatever, whatever, right? Everything he does in this book is a massive mistake. Huge. I just... Item by item, if your goal is to rid the galaxy of chaos, right? Yeah. He says his goal is. Item by item here, it's a mess. It's... You're not yeah. accomplishing that goal at all. Now, are these mistakes? Or, not to be too on the nose, are they like the cleansing fires that the new growth is going to thrive in? No. Y- y- I don't know. It's too soon to tell. But is he doing the right thing for his goals 
for the galaxy. You know what I mean? Like, is he actually doing the right thing? Because maybe the right thing is turning the entire divided galaxy against one enemy. Okay. Right? I never really thought of it like that. And he doesn't either. But looking through it, if you're like projecting forward, like the Anakin thing, where he was Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. You're destined to bring balance to the force. Well, there was like two Jedi left and two Sith left. So nailed it. You know what I mean? Where it's the prophecy fulfilled. Be careful what you wish for in a way you didn't expect. Yes. So yeah, you are going to eliminate all of the chaos in the galaxy by being the fucking unifying big, bad, evil guy that everybody needs to stop, which he is at the end of this book, the Jedi, the Confederation, the GA. Yeah. Sorry, not the GA. <laughs> not the GA. <laughs> but they agree. I never thought of it like that. Right. Neither did I. It's not in my notes until just now. <laughs> that's that's like, a good that's, one. That's like, be careful what you wish for kind of thing. Like, that's old school, like, little shop of horrors. Like, uh, buy a fucking teapot from the devil to make yeah. you smarter and makes you blind or what the fuck yeah. ever. There was a Goopsons book called Be Careful What You Wish For. Yeah. It's yeah. probably exactly it was exactly that. It was like, like a trinket that. shop, wasn't it? Yeah. I remember yeah. that. But it is that kind of thing where, again, it's an echo of the same destiny that Anakin Skywalker fulfilled, which was he was supposed to bring force to the galaxy. Balance to the force. Force to the galaxy. <laughs> they already had it. He didn't invent it. It's fine. No. And then Lumaya tells Jason that his destiny is to bring peace and eliminate chaos. What if you're doing it in a way that you don't realize? Yeah. He thinks he's taking control of everything, but really he's just turning all the pieces on the board against To him. look at him. He's unifying him. everyone against him. Ordering your entire fleet to their death twice? Yeah, no, that's, that's not, not smart. People, that's, don't, people don't like that. That's not good for anybody. That's mistakes, right? You threatened the younglings when Luke Skywalker was walking out the door? That's brain dead. Yeah. That's not tactical Jason at all. That is emotional Jason I'm reacting wh- yeah. and not thinking. Acting like a whiny teenager. Like a toddler. Like a toddler. On the floor. You hit me, I'll hit you. Yeah. Right? It's just... It seems like a book full of mistakes. And I guess from a perspective, they could be where... These are not achieving the goal of Jason Solo... Tightly gripping the direction of the galaxy. Yeah. In the way that he wants to control things. And So from his perspective, they would be... Yeah. Like if you were looking at his ultimate goal. Right. Their mistakes. Yeah. But from his perspective. But do you have to be the one to achieve your ultimate goal or can other people achieve it against you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like this at the end of this book where everybody agrees that Jason Solo must die. It's kind of that. You brought up a bit of a philosophical question going on here. Well, now metaphysical he's turned he he so how did this how did this series start there was the ga and then the ga got into a fight with Corellia. so mm-hmm. there was two parties and then the bothans and then the Commonorians, and then the wookies and then the huts and, the huts. and then 
the Hapens join the fray on the other side. Right? Where now it's broken down into not a unified galaxy at all. It's so many different parts fighting for themselves. Yeah. Against each other. At the end of this book, Jason Solo must die. And everybody turns their fucking chairs around, on the floor, to face him. Mm -hmm. Not to necessarily work together, as they say, but to stay out of each other's way in the ultimate goal of killing his ass. Yep. So, there is, you know, a back dialing of that chaos that he has been spreading. In a weird way, it's it is unification. It's so weird that 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 dialing back of it happened. The dialing back of the chaos happened in such a chaotic book. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> he thinks like he. Th- I don't even know how to explain what I'm trying to say, but like he thinks he's accomplishing his goal in his way. Really, he's accomplishing the goal in a completely different way that he doesn't even see yet. Yeah. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like based on the end of this book, everybody's turned around to look at him now because he lost his mentor and he lit a planet on fire. Yeah, he went nuts. (laughs) So everybody's turned around looking at the fucking kid with the can of gas and matches in his hands. Yeah. We got to stop that kid before he burns down the rest of our neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're full of the analogies tonight. What was your favorite moment from Jason Solo? Favorite? Um, as terrible as it was, and just because of the back and forth, my yeah. favorite Jason moment was when he was torturing Ben. It was uh, nasty. It was, it was gross, and it was horrifying. But if you've ever read... The, the NJO books, mm-hmm. it's such a perfect reflection of Verger torturing yeah, him. Yeah. And like, yeah, you get to see him. God, you just don't, until this book, and especially towards the end, you don't get to see him be absolutely outwardly evil. No. Often. No, he does. And this some... is like the most fucking heinous shit that he does. Yeah, he's torturing his baby cousin burned a planet full of furry friends yeah and he's torturing his cousin with extra galactic waterboards yes oh yeah that's nasty yeah i like it because of their back and forth because of the blatant openness of his him being bad and that exactly ties into my answer which is him going full fucking bad guy and burning kashik that is wild and such a okay from a writing perspective such a cool way to do it so we've had the death star obliterate planets mm-hmm. we've had the fucking center point can move gravity yeah do whatever it wants uh what was the thing that kip Duran blew everything up with i don't remember what it was called the star killer or something the, the like star that. forge star forge right uh like obliterate annihilate planets this is a bit of a different thing. This is suffering. Yeah, it's a slow over... burn. It's a slow death. It's a slow burn. It's a slow burn. Oh. Ladies and gentlemen, by yeah. the end of book six, Jason Solo is a motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Darth Kydus is lit. Yeah. What did you think about book six, man? 
overall? Overall, I I liked it. It was good. It, the pace of it was good. Like it was a good, quick paced book. Like there wasn't too much of a. And it didn't seem too quick either. No, and no. there there wasn't any where it's just like, okay, when we get into the next part, that's interesting to read. Yeah, some chapters were entirely conversations, and they were fucking great. And they were still great. So good. My, I thought this book was fantastic. My least favorite part of the book. Ooh, I yeah. don't think we've ever done that before. Yeah. Was Ooh, why did we never think of that? It's I don't book know. Book six for fuck's sake. When Jaina gets to Osis mm-hmm. and she ends up surrendering to Serpa, and then they're there. It's like cool. Even just the reading of it was like okay. But maybe that's because you want Jaina to do something. Maybe it makes it even worse when it, it's her. It you could know? be You're like, hey, oh, here she is, and she sat down. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. My bad. Like there was a bit of a tense standoff for a moment up there yeah. with Serpa, but like, yeah, yeah. But if if I had to, based on just the overall excitingness of the writing of the action scenes of all that, that would be my least favorite part of this entire book. Right, because this book is wild. Yeah. From Ben accusing Jason right away to battle where the Jedi save the day. Ben kills Omas. Battle where the Jedi abandon Jason. Yeah. Ben tries to kill him. Battle where Jason sets a planet on fire and Luke Skywalker dies and then doesn't and tries to kill him. Like, this fucking book is wild. Yeah, and even, like, just the the conversation pieces where they're talking. So tense. It's so... Luke and Jason. Yeah. Yes. In the in the yeah. toddler Even chair. Even before he crushes the chair. Yeah. It's, it's like... just full of like back and forth, double meaning. I I know what you're saying. Yeah. Kind of stuff. It's so good. Then yeah. then then you run into Osis and it's terrible. You heard it first. Never mind Osis. The mm. second half of Osis is amazing. That part's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really only the one, the end the end of the one chapter, which is chapter four. Since she ain't in the book again for 10 more chapters. Yeah, yeah, that that one section, right? Because <laughs> then again, at the end of the book, when she's flying with Luke, that's fucking sweet. Too. That was cool, too. Even when she tells Luke to screw off, I'm coming with you anyways. Yeah, I yeah. like that, too. Like you heard it. it here first. Yeah. Legacy of the Force, book six, Inferno, is lit. I had to say it. Yeah, I'm not going to. No. It's good. You better not. No. He just dabbed, though, for anybody listening out there. <laughs> But Tim, that was book six. Now we look forward to Legacy of the Force, book seven, Fury. And after the Inferno, that was book six. I bet there's a lot of fucking Fury to go around, right? Well, I don't know. What do you think about the title? Uh, Not knowing specifically what happens in the book. Well, yeah, because I don't remember what happens in the book. I know. I don't remember specifically book yeah. to book either. Other than sacrifice, I remembered what happened in sacrifice. <laughs> yes, that's a big one. And then Inferno, again, I remembered the planet thing the, uh, based on the cover. So based on this cover, we've got... I hate that cover. Yeah. Well, Ben's got just a bad haircut, I think. Other than that, he's all right. He's standing there, Ben Skywalker, with his blue lightsaber ignited. He's standing in front of some kind of vent great shaft something and uh is that ben he looks furious or is that jason no that's not jason 
Jason doesn't have a blue lightsaber, first of all. Now Jason has no lightsaber. Luke took it. Luke and Ben took it when they left. Oh, yeah. He had a green one on the cover of Betrayal. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. With his long brown hair. That looks older than a 14-year-old. That's all I'm thinking. I'm just realizing that's something we didn't even touch on. What? In the episode or the review right now. Jason has no lightsaber. Yes. Luke took it. <laughs> I'm taking away There's that domination again. Yeah. Back to book seven. That was book six. Yeah, that's gone now. Book seven. Ben Skywalker looking furious on the front cover. I don't know. I think he looks all right. I like his blue lightsaber. I like his dad's. Yeah. You know? He's just, he's got a bit of a, it's a weird... the shadowing around the edge of his head is weird. And yeah. he's got a bad haircut. The haircut, the whole, his face looks really weird. But he's 14, really right? Well, his face looks really weird, too. I know, too. his face almost looks adult in the cheeks and yep. chin. Yeah. That's why I was like... All right, it's a little strange. Hmm. But let's read the back cover to get some actual information about this Aaron Alston classic. Fighting alongside the Karelian rebels, Han and Leia are locked in a war against their son, Jason, who grows more powerful and more dangerous with each passing day. Nothing can stop Jason's determination to bring peace with a glorious Galactic Alliance victory, whatever the price. That was like the the blurb on top. This is the long part now on the back. While Luke grieves the loss of his beloved wife and deals with his guilt over killing the wrong person in retaliation, Jaina, Jag, and Zek hunt for the real assassin, unaware that the culprit commands Sith powers that can cloud their minds and misdirect their attacks, and even turn them back on themselves. As Luke and Ben Skywalker struggle to find their place among the chaos, Jason, shunned by friends and family, launches an invasion to rescue the only person still loyal to him. But with the battle raging on, and the galaxy growing more turbulent and riotous, there is no question that is Jason who is most wanted. Dead or alive. That was a good blurb. He's going to do a thing. <laughs> I want to say it, but I don't want to say it. If you think about it, and we talked about it last episode, when we finished off the book talking about all the people that Jason Solo has, has sacrificed and no longer have love for him, there is one left, like we said. His daughter. And he is going to Hapes to get her. First of all, what do you think about that information on the back? Yeah, that's... I think part of it... When I, when I read it myself, yeah. I was like... Who the fuck so, is the one? Yeah, I was like, well, there's a lot going on back there. And mm-hmm. like the first couple lines, it's like, what? She died at the end of a book ago. And like, it is. And then I was, I was like, you're confused. totally reading all of these hints wrong. I know. <laughs> They're talking about Jaina, Jag, and Zek are going to hunt for Alema, the real assassin. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. No, I know. I know. I know you're saying that. Which is what they're already doing. Exactly. But. Now they know it's the real assassin, according to their their information, right? That she was at Roku Depot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah. Ben tells them, or tells, I don't know, he tells Luke something different. But anyways, like the, this misdirect where they're like, Jason's going to save the only person who still has love for him. What does it say specifically? 
The only person still loyal to him. He's going to get his daughter. He's going to, let me be more specific, kidnap his daughter from the queen. Of yes. That's not going to go over well. How the hell do you think that's going to play out? Yeah, your reading of it is always so much better. I realize so much more <laughs> while you're reading it. I'm expressive. Yeah. It's, diff- it's different when you read it out loud, too, right? Yeah. When you read things in your head, there's often like a just general tendency to default to fastness. Yeah. And not soaking it in, right? Yeah, to not take... You say things out loud. I think it's a, that's why it's good that we, we read it and we do it four Dude. chapters at a time. Honestly, reading through these books and taking notes on them is making me understand what's happening in the story so much more. <laughs> the first time I read these books, I was like, yeah, but in retrospect, right? So like 10 years later, thinking about the first time I read the books, I was like, yeah, Jason did some bad shit, but like, he wasn't that bad. <laughs> and now going through detailed notes of every chapter, it's like, this guy's fucking terrible. Yeah. He's still not wrong. Everybody else is doing nothing, right? At the beginning. Above the at the problems. beginning, yes. And he's the one who starts okay. solving problems. He's, right? He's He is doing some right things, some good things. Way more awful shit than I remembered him doing because I yeah. just like, not idolized him, but iconized him, you know? Yeah. Where I was like, oh, he's, he's good. He's good boy. No. Book six, Jason Bad Boy. Yeah, I... I... I think the first the first three books of this series, yeah. he, he was uh, he, he was he was like believable, and it's like okay, yeah, all right, right. And then he started doing real bad stuff. Well, so let's talk about that real quick before we wrap this up in the structure of these triple trilogies. So your first trilogy arc has him reluctant to embrace his destiny, the hero's yeah. journey. Um. He is moderate in his commitment to it, and he's not entirely convinced of the truth of it, right? Yeah. And then in the second arc, in the second trilogy, he commits to it, and he starts dialing up the badness, but still within the law and within the boundaries of uh, reasonable explanation, right? Yeah. Now we... And that trilogy with him fully crossing into bad guy territory. Yeah. By the end of the second arc, he's full bad guy. And now the third arc is going to wrap up what happened, the consequences yeah. of these actions and, and more. Right? Yeah. Cause at the end of the second one, he's the law doesn't even matter anymore. No, he is the law and he doesn't care if he breaks it anyways. Yeah. Right. So starting with book seven, this is the, you know, the final arc of the triple trilogy we're going to start to get resolutions. Yep. Maybe starting as soon as Jason Solo goes to kidnap his daughter from Queen Mother Tenelka. Next week on Forever Canon, when we cover chapters one through four of Legacy of the Force, book seven, Fury. I'm excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I didn't remember what happened in this book until I just read the back of the flap. <laughs> Holy fuck, this is a good book. Okay, I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm Tim. Fuck, this is good. This is so good. So good. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, 
and YouTube at jplazer. Check us out.